Welcome back to the No Problem Parenting Podcast. And today, parents, I have a very special guest for you. Her name is Kelly Ratty, and she's here today to talk all things kids and college. Kelly is a sought-after professional speaker with a passion for helping parents navigate the teen and college years. Her powerful, relatable messages focus on personal accountability, healthy communication, and nurturing relationships. Parents leave her presentations reassured in their abilities to successfully launch their college-bound kids. Attendees describe Kelly as authentic, relatable, and a masterful storyteller. Kelly intertwines real stories, relevant research, and useful takeaways. And today, Kelly's going to talk to us all about her book, Out to Sea. It's a parent survival guide to the freshman voyage and is the go-to resource for parents as they navigate the high school to college transition. So stay tuned. Kelly's going to talk about what inspired her to write the book, Out to Sea. She's going to share some specific things that you can do during the high school years to prepare your student for college. And she's also going to answer the number one most common question she gets asked from parents, which probably will surprise you. It sure surprised me. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Talking about the launch is is one of my passions and my favorite things to talk about. It's it's not for the faint of heart, parents. If you're feeling anxious or worried, you're not alone. Never forget it. Yay. I love that. And I, I, I have a, we have a 15 year old. And so, you know, as a sophomore, he is, we're talking about college. It's, it's just a couple of years away and I've heard from everybody. It goes really quick or it comes really quick. So I'm excited to learn some tips and, and um, some pointers from you about preparing him for his launch. And then also I have families who have several kids and some of them are just starting college. Um, some have just, uh, currently right now they're accepting their, um, invites to college, right? They're making their decisions mm-hmm. to have done their college tours. And so you also talk about how to support your kids in that first year of college. So I hope to get into that a little bit today too. Good. Let's cover it all. All right. So first I want to ask you though, what inspired you to write the book out to sea? Oh, it's so crazy. So I should give you a little backstory. We are the parents of two daughters. And it was when our oldest daughter, Brooke, was in high school, about the same age as your son. And and the conversations were starting and and what's it going to look like and where does she want to go? And does she want to do college? Does she want to do a two-year, a four-year? All the decisions that your your parents are going through right now. Right. Um, And it was at that time, I'm like, okay, where's the guidebook? Because I was the mom who read the what to expect when you're expecting series. You know, I read it before we had them. I read the toddler years. I found the parenting your teens books. I mean, that was where I got a lot of my information. And I'm like, okay, where's the launch, like the book for launching my, my child off to college. And it was kind of crazy. I started looking and I found some books. Um, They were generally two different sides. One set of books was very, soft, feel good, emotional, relational, oftentimes faith-based devotions for moms of teens, that kind of thing. Lovely books. On the flip side, I found lots of books written by retired president of XYZ University on the East Coast, um, college administrator on sabbatical kind of books 
full of facts and figures and stats and data. And, and again, all good information, none of the emotion, all of the, the stats, very right, academic. Right. And, and again, good books. Some of them just felt like they were talking above me. Yes. Um, right. Or, oh, there was a hole. So you have the emotional books and you have the facts, figure stats books. I needed a book that, that spoke to me as a mom, as a parent, parent to parent, face to face, the good, the bad, the ugly, that that didn't just cover the emotions that didn't just cover the, the statistics, but that covered the practical that, that was missed in the middle. And I have a background in writing and the light bulb went on and it was like, write the book you're looking for, write it while you live it, because it's going to be more authentic, more relatable. And that's what I did. I started taking notes and it was neat to be able to write it while we were living it because I could interview people real time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) asking questions that were top of mind from me and my peers as parents. And it it was what a great idea. So I did, I talked to admissions counselors, high school counselors, professors. I talked to psychologists. I interviewed active parents. I interviewed students. And that's where I got the best information for the book was from absolutely right. Get it from the mouths of the people who are doing it. And at first it was hilarious. I would go to these campuses and I would be sitting, I'd be the lady in mom jeans sitting in the student union. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I talked to some students some kids as they went by and, and I did set up some appointments with RAs at some of the places and would sit down with them. And at first they were a little skittish, like whose mom is here and what does she want? <laughs> <laughs> and then I explained what I was doing and what the project was and asked questions like, what did your parents do well that set you up for this? What do you wish you would have known before you got here? What do you wish they would have known? So I really... I poised the questions in a way that we can help the next generations of students coming through and parents to be equipped to maybe not hit all the speed bumps or the roadblocks or the hiccups on their way in. So that is really how it happened. How it happened. That is just, that's amazing. And how long did that take you? Like how long was it until your first daughter then went into college or I researched and wrote for was a year to 18 months depending on when you consider me officially starting and then obviously the actual publication process took a little longer but it was under two years from when I officially started to when the book launched and right thrilled to tell you it's had good reviews it's embraced by a lot of uh, college parent and family program coordinators and have great relationships with so many of the universities. And I keep getting terrific feedback from parents saying, I refer to it still. And my my son or daughter is a junior in college and I still look back on your chapter on communication or whatever the case is. So be. yeah, let's get into that a little bit. Can okay. you tell me a little bit more about what's this anchors and sales theory that you have? So a lot of people have heard about the, the, we give our kids roots and then wings concept. Give them wings and let them fly, right? You do the best you can while you got them and then kind of got to set them free. Yes. It's the same idea. It's the same concept. But since the book was called Out to Sea and it's all about the launch, of course, I had to make the, the roots and wings be anchors and sails. But really it comes back to 
parents, you will have job security. They will come back. This is not making you obsolete. It might feel like it, but you're not. It's just going to look different. So we still, if, if you consider your student a new sailor, let's, let's use a nautical story analogy right, here. Good. If your student's a sailor, they have been living in, you know, first they started out in the dry docks where we've <laughs> prepared them and taught them life skills and, and given them a foundation, a family of faith, of education, whatever it is. Right. And then they move off there in high school. And, and, and that's still pretty protected. That's barely dipping your toes in the water. You're still by the shoreline. College, you wanna look at it more like the safe harbor. Hmm. They're, they're launching, they're off on their own. You're not tethered anymore, uh, but they're going to be exposed once they get their feet wet to new situations, new ideas, new theories, new people, but they're also going to be given new skills new communication skills, new mm -hmm. relationship skills, education, obviously, isn't that the point? Um, and it's great right. all together. So hopefully, and I always have to say, hopefully in four years or so, they're ready to take that next step and, and hoist those sails all the way up and head out into the open sea, the ocean of real life. And right. oh, I love always, it. Always, always a ship needs a place to anchor. And that is where you come in as parents. I will tell you, I just spent a long weekend with our oldest, who is adulting, by the way, with a job and everything, um, <laughs> down in Des Moines. And it is just remarkable to see all the work you've done as a parent throughout the years in action. And, and would I do everything the same way? Oh, no, absolutely not. But she's doing it and she's she's flying she's sailing you know that right she's out doing everything we've worked to you know to strive for right I love that and I love that family can be the anchor back at home Absolutely. whether they're in town in college or they're you know in another state or overseas or wherever they are um so tell me about that anchor a little bit what kinds of things because I know it can get tricky as parents you want to continue to help and you want to support and you want to rescue and you want to make things easier for the kids what's your kind of take on that and, and your experience? Oh, I, I really, we were at our oldest parent orientation and somebody brought up the concept to us of mentorship parenting. And it was the aha moment for me. So if you think of a mentor, what does a mentor do? You know, in, in business, you provide guidance, you, you can help illustrate next steps, but generally a mentor is approached and asked, and, and it's a relationship, a back and forth, um, or a coach. If, if you're a sports fan, what does a coach do? The coach isn't on the court playing for the player. The coach is guiding, the coach is diagramming, right. the coach is instilling skills and confidence so that the player can right. go out and execute the play. And that's Perfect. really how I look at mentorship parenting. We're there to give them that, that anchor, that foundation, the skills, which we'll, I think we'll get into in a little bit here in right. specifics so that they can go out and execute it. Perfect. I love that. So what are some of the specific things then that parents can do um, maybe during the high school years to start preparing the students and actually the parents themselves too, right? To prepare themselves for letting go on both sides. It really is. I, a couple things that come just top of mind in no particular order. Uh, my kids, get so sick of me using the words life skills, <laughs> but 
but life skills are a real thing that we need to adult. And I know, obviously, when you think of college, so many people make jokes about laundry, you know, but that is right. Simple, actual life skill. Now, uh, my kids couldn't seem to get dirty socks in a hamper. I had no idea how they were going to go off and live in a dorm and actually wash their own clothes and show up and clean whatever. But um, <laughs> teaching laundry, teaching life skills, like how to make a doctor's appointment. Yeah. How often right. do we naturally call the eye doctor, the dentist, the hair salon for right. our teens? Sometime during that that sophomore, junior, senior year, Start encouraging your student. Okay, great. Even if you're still driving them, go ahead and call and make the appointment. Right. It's Good those point. Things. The other thing that you don't think about is uh, doctor's appointments. When you get there and you have to fill out all the insurance information and, and medical history. I don't know about you. I did it for my kids forever. We just started. We just had an appointment not too long ago. And I said, hey, buddy, this is yours. I gave him the clipboard and said, here you go. Exactly you're creating knowledge you're teaching a life skill by doing that and you'd rather have them there with you saying okay what does this mean do we have a history of this what's that on the medical form then on his phone texting you the first time he's got to go to the er as a college student you know (laughs) let's let's try to remove some of the drama while we're at it yeah perfect good idea so life skills is a really big important one what's another thing that um encouraging more personal responsibility in, in terms okay, of that awesome. and, and taking care of business at home a little bit, backing up and encouraging them to take a little more responsibility. It's it's letting go a little. I don't want to scare parents. We're not right. just throwing them out into the wild. Right. It's letting go just a little bit. And it really depends on your personality type and your parenting style. Are you more, I'm a control freak, I will admit it, but letting go and letting letting them make some decisions and and then not getting out in front if there's consequences to the decisions. Oh, right. So what's a good no. example of that? Alarms. Alarms is a good example. Okay. Perfect. How many parents are waking their yep. 17-year-olds up three times because they're not getting out of bed so that they can get ready and making them breakfast so they can get to school on time. Now, if you love to make breakfast for your kids, I'm not going to take that away from you. It's not about stripping you of par- you know parenting joys, but right. really when they go off to college, nobody's going to wake them up three times. At least I hope you're not calling your son or daughter three times right. to wake them up once they're on their own. That would probably be a miss in, in my book, but right. encouraging them to set their own alarms. Simple. Yeah. And that's just one of the things I loved about um, your stuff right away, Kelly, Mm -hmm. is the fact that just like no problem parenting, we it only usually takes once or twice when you don't wake your kid up and um, they're late to something. But you want them to really feel that when they're in the comfort of your own home. Right. Versus when the first time it happens and they're yeah, they're out of home. So we really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable and you know you could have prevented it and saved them the pain and our instincts is to save them from from pain and challenges but think about your own life when have you learned your biggest lessons right it's been from your mistakes from your you learn mistakes, more from your speeding yeah. ticket you don't yeah. do it oh for sure <laughs> right <laughs> yeah things i thought about um modeling the behaviors you want to see in them. And I know you cover this in your classes and in right. your parent groups, but it's 
this launch season, this, this high school to college transition is an emotional time for parents, for students. We handle it right. differently. And, and there's enough anxiety to go around, but your students don't need you to project your anxiety onto them. They have enough of their own. Right. So it's intentionally modeling the behaviors you really want to see from them. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, it absolutely does. Yeah, one big life skill concept that I, I must mention, I can't forget. And, and it goes along with communication, but it's talking about things that are obvious to us. Like I said earlier, insurance, all that. Talk about money. Money management, day-to-day um, -day money management, the difference between a credit card and a debit card, how to use them, your expectations, student loans. Uh, the, unless you teach your student, your child, about these concepts, they're not likely learning them in school. It's just a thing. And I've seen, I've had more parents reach out and, and say, wow, I wish I'd have read this before our first went off because she didn't understand that only paying the minimum on a credit card. And, and these students get application after application after application sent. Their daughter came back with a handful of credit cards maxed out because they yes, never I've heard that. talked mm -hmm. about the long-term impacts of loans and, and, and just the responsibility that goes along with that and day-to-day -day money management as well. So is think about your student and, and as teens, how often we have such a different idea about something than our kids do. Right. Same goes with money, unless you actually sit down, show them what a credit card statement looks like if they haven't seen one. Right. Have them look through the FAFSA with you, you know, that right. kind of stuff. How to budget for their food or their, okay. you know, different, the you, books and what are all these I, things going to cost. Exactly. Yeah. I right. do have a whole chapter on money management in the book and I don't go into financial aid and applications and that kind of stuff. There's plenty of great books written by financial aid specific experts, but mine is just more about communicating expectations and, and kind of letting parents know things that have cropped up for other parents over the years. Yeah, good. We can, that's the best way to learn, right? Is exactly. hear it from the from the people that have been through it already. No, that's that's great. I love it. Can you talk a little bit too about behaviors? Um, I've heard this now, can our son is a sophomore in high school, um, but from friends and family who have kiddos going off to college. And I think it seems to me that about six months or so, maybe even nine months before they launch and they go off, there seems to be this push away kind of behavior or this tug of war behavior, um, you know, or attitude. So what can parents do if their kiddo is actually kind of struggling, whether it's before college or once they're at college and they're kind of becoming maybe more distant, or I suppose it could even be more reliant, but what are, what are some of the things that parents can, can notice right. and, You're and spot do on. that? Oftentimes there is this push away or push back and, and there's a really gross analogy that goes with it. Somebody told me it's called soiling the nest. Oh, <laughs> you're getting ready for your emptiness. They want to soil it before they oh go. Oh my gosh, I love it. My theory on it is they're scared. They can't admit it. They maybe aren't even equipped to identify or articulate what they're feeling. Because what are they told? 
oh, this is so exciting. Good for you. you you're living the dream. These are going to be the best years of your life. Let's set them up to be anxious, right? right? But people mean well, but what if everybody's telling you this and you have a 17-year-old brain, 18-year-old brain, and you are so nervous and you're not sure you can do it and you don't want to let your parents down and 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 just the the emotions that are going through their heads sometimes my mom told me this once when I was a girl sometimes it's easier to leave mad than sad yeah right and uh, I think there is a little bit of that pushback and then society tells us well they're 18 they're adults like like the mm-hmm. calendar turns over on their 18th birthday and magically they know how to adult and again it just doesn't work that way so as parents i think communicate i mean really it all comes back to communication every single topic we talk about comes back to effective communication and and maybe just rephrasing to them hey you know i sense you're you're, you're stressed or you're tense and and I know it's really easy to push me away right now. Just know we got your back. We support you. We're here no matter what. I know I got you. Right, right. <laughs> and, and so I think it's a lot of words of affirmation. Right. And you still will get the eye roll and the huff. Yes. And right. I know there are parents of teens right now nodding, going, uh-huh, mm-hmm. the huff and the eye roll. They, they've got that mastered by the time they hit about 15, 16. So, um, but let the huffs and the eye rolls bounce a little bit let go just a little, but that doesn't mean you don't encourage respect. And, and again, the personal responsibility, but just having an understanding as a parent, the, the anxiety we can articulate, they might not be able to. And so it might come out in a lashing out, you know, in a more mean vibe than it's probably even intended. Right, right. And, and I think maybe with sadness, like some right, can yeah. watch for, you know, signs of depression. We had a, it was when one of our girls was getting ready to launch. So my, my coping as a mom was I, I'm a planner. I'm a, like I said, control freak. Right. I'm a planner. I'm a checklist gal. And so my therapy for her going was, well, let's outfit your dorm. I can help you. Let's go to Target. Um, check this list and make sure you have shower shoes and a clean set of matching towels and the girl things probably. But right. um, I was doing that. And for me, that was coping. And I felt like I was doing something to help in this launch process right and yeah I was just gonna say what how did she respond to that rest her out Mm -hmm. talking about it was good therapy for me uh but I talked about it to an extreme and one day we we have a spare bedroom and we had kind of just started piling it it looked like a volcano had erupted in there with all you know her her bedding and her dorm supplies and books and notebooks and this and that. And I walked in and there is my, my baby girl who was pushing 18, sitting on the floor the summer before her freshman year, sobbing, holding a pair of Royal blue flip-flops, her shower shoes. And it was like those flip-flops just put it over the edge and having that pile of stuff made it so real And here I'm all excited and let's do this. And here she's stressed. And so there was a disconnect. She didn't think she could tell me about her fears because I was too busy making sure we checked off, 
number two lead pencils on the list, you know. And your intent was just, I'm going to get her all prepared. I'm going to, this is going to make me feel good because she's going to have everything she needs. And I know she's going to be safe and she's not, you know, going to be worried about forgetting something or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and then she's like, hey, wait a minute, mom, I'm having a hard time. I overwhelmed her. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to Mm -hmm. tell you to stop because I appreciate you at the same time. Don't want to sound ungrateful, but too much. Yes, freaked out (laughs) and you're turning it on a little too hot there, mom. What what would you say is um, the most common question or or topic that you get asked from parents? Oh, from parents, it's consistently on how often can I call my kid? How much is, what's the normal amount of times I can reach out or how often should I call my child? Anything on like that connection. Really, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have guessed that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they don't. Safety are they worried? Second, safety comes safety. up. Too. Okay, sure. But well, definitely. Yeah. Well, how often can I talk to him? I want to do it right, but so what's the magic number? Yeah. Well, it's a trick question because, as you can imagine, there is no magic number. I suppose it's, it's kid to kid. It just depends on kid to kid, family to family. It. it I can't give a number. I would say. Probably reaching out to your student three or four times a day is on the extreme side, on the excessive side. Uh, But I come back to talk about an issue with your student before it becomes an issue. And yeah, set some parameters or some boundaries around that. Because you can see extremes. If I gave a magic number, there'd be extremes on both ends. Uh, I had one mom, though. I'm going to back up. I, I think it's important to stay connected with your student for both of you. However, experts that I've talked to say, if what you're doing is getting in the way of their development, if you are interfering with their growth and development, it's too much. And the gauge I give parents with that is we have a common parenting goal. It's the ultimate goal of parenting. You have it, Jackie. I have it. Everybody listening, we actually have something in common, and that's our ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to raise healthy, happy adults equipped to function in the real world. Right. Love it. That's it. Yep. That's what I say, too. We want to be respectful, responsible, and confident, right? Bingo. Bingo. So if you use that as your gauge, it helps you to make your decisions as a parent. I love that waking them up is me checking in at lunch and is me tucking them in at night to make sure they got supper too much. Is that interfering? Yeah, probably. Right. But is if your family's used to a lot of connectedness, a little, Hey, good night text. Isn't so bad. No, I'm so old that we would line up in the basement of the dorm building on Sunday nights after eight for the payphone because the rates were cheaper. Oh my gosh, I love it. So yeah. I know that dates me, but if I think about my college years, if I was lucky, I talked to my parents once a week on Sunday night. Right, right. I survived and I had to learn some skills without calling and asking mom or dad how to do it. And, and I think that's another thing to apply today. We're, we're a different generation. We are, the good news, we are the most connected generation to date. Right. Uh, Probably the bad news is that's because they walk around with us in their back pockets. Yes. On their right, phones. Right. And we're a, a speed dial away. Um, it, it can backfire that speed dialing because what happens is then the student 
You know what? I can tell you a story. We have good friends whose daughter was a college student, studied over in Europe, lived in a small village, had to take a train into the next city over for her classes. Okay. And super smart, bilingual, amazing young woman. And she missed her train one night for whatever reason. Oh, and, no. and there she is in the dark in a train station in rural France going, oh, shoot, now what? So she's got some options. You know, does she pick up the, the phone and call the university to let the professor know what happened? No. Does she figure out the schedule to see if there is another train or, you know, does she problem yeah. solve? No. You know what she did? Called her mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't fault her for it because right. we train them to do this. We're all, all guilty of it, if you will. You know, we've set them up for this. And with that technology right there, it's natural. Right. And so we want to give enough space that they have to problem solve because the knee jerk natural reaction is to, to phone home. And then right. what do we do? You know, we get, we engage, right? <laughs> we help fix and tell them what to do, not ask them what they're doing to. Right. And that them. brings up another question. I've, I've had the, this come up um, as well. Um, you get the, your kids grades maybe after the first uh, quarter or semester or something like that and you'd notice they're not very good and so what does a parent do um, and I'll just I'll just throw it out here I've had parents who will actually call the university themselves uh, and what are your thoughts about that I'm gasping yes I figured <laughs> well, you know it's it's a natural response and actually um, well first of all college is not high school Right. And that's a message I want to get out loud and clear. Parents, when you're listening, college is not high school. It doesn't look or feel or taste the same. It doesn't smell the same. It's not high school. And if you don't believe me now, if you're still in the high school world, you will a few months into college because actually you won't get a report card. Right. You won't get any missing assignment reports. You won't know what they ate for lunch. I don't know about your schools, but I know in high school, I could actually go online and see what my kids ate for lunch. Um, yeah, there's that option out. Know that information unless your student shares it with you. Right. And that is done for a couple of reasons. One is to encourage them to adult and to be responsible and to communicate and to, to share that with you. Now, I know it doesn't seem fair because as parents, you know, you, you've raised them. Some of you right. have stretch marks from birthing them. Yeah. Um, you've funded them and are possibly or likely helping fund this college adventure as well. Um, so it doesn't seem fair. You, you feel like you should have access to all that. And right. there's a thing called FERPA, which is a federal law that basically restricts your access. It's, it's about protecting the records of students. And so FERPA prevents them from sharing that with you. Now, there are ways your students can sign waivers to give you access. Uh, and that is something that is a very personal and, and often debated topic amongst families. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. I go into pretty good detail in the book on that. Uh, I have mixed feelings about it. I went into it because, you know, I wrote this book, so I wanted to do it all just so. And we did not have our kids sign the release because I wanted them to take the ownership of this. 
Right. And I can imagine that for in high school then too, it's already a good idea to be setting the stage for that and, and kind of starting to back out of um, the high school, um, you know, even conferences you, you can attend, but your kiddos should be there. Your teenagers should be in those conferences. And I do, I, I, I teach uh, with no problem parenting too, that if the kid's grades are more important to the parent than they are to the kid, <laughs> kind of setting the stage that they're not going to maybe be as invested um, in their college experience or after school, you know, even even work experience, even if they decide not to go to college, I guess. You know, but so how can you help them even when they're struggling? Right. How can you help them while still following those mentor parenting exactly. guidelines that you talked exactly. about? Well, number one, the communication set up the communication expectations on the front end. We know we won't be receiving this. I know I'm not going to receive your grades, but I would like you to share them with me. Maybe we could have our own little midterm report because I'm, I'm invested in you. I care about you. If you're struggling, I want to know it. If you're succeeding beyond your wildest dreams, I want to know it. And I want to know it if you fall somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, not because I'm here to be judgmental, but because I'm here as your anchor. I'm here as your right. support. And so communicate that. And then the other thing is as parents, and this goes beyond just grades, but in overall student well-being, I always say know your resources. Know their resources. Let me rephrase that. Know your students' resources. As parents, if you are offered a parent orientation session, take it. If you have a chance, get on the school's website and find the parent and family support page and see what they have to say. Um, for You'd be amazed at the resources out there for parents. Get to know who, you know, the, the resources on their, your student's campus. There are tutoring centers on every campus I have ever talked to. And they are included in student fees for the most part. Um, understand the role of an academic advisor. Don't call your student's academic advisor but know the role of an academic advisor. Understand all the people in place to help your student. So then when you get that phone call after the first maybe really ugly test score or um, calling saying, oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to drop out because I just failed French and da, 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 you know. So you can say, okay, take a breath, honey. Tell me about it. And so let, don't, Tell them, have them tell you and say, well, okay, have you talked to the professor? Have you gone into office hours? And first of all, you're going to wow them because they aren't going to think you know what office hours are. And for those of you parents right. who don't, professor has to have posted open office hours. Now, obviously right now they're virtual. You schedule a Zoom call, but if your students on right. campus, they can actually show up at the door and meet for right. a conference. Now they can't go in there and go, gosh, why are you failing me? But they can go in there and say, I struggled with this concept. Clearly I'm not understanding it. Can you recommend for me what I should, should I study differently? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but right. Needs to take that initiative. As a parent, you can say, well, what did the professor say? Did you go during office hours? What does your academic advisor think you should do? Have you called the tutoring center? And then the big question, are you getting enough sleep? Oh, of course. Sleep is the <laughs> most underrated key to success. I've been told that by countless experts in 
higher education. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense too. How can people get your book, Kelly? I really want to promote this and get this in the hands of as many parents, no problem parents especially, as possible. So where can they find your find your book? Well, thank you for that. That's my goal too, is I just want this book in the hands of parents and so they can avoid the 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 hiccups that we faced <laughs> well and to start preparing them in high school as well i'm i'm just so excited to start using some of the things that you suggest i think we're, we're, don't yeah. wait until august of yeah, their senior, right. you know right before they go off like get it the sophomore and junior years and just start applying it in baby steps and then reread it again the summer before they go <laughs> but right. the book is available at at most booksellers it's um, available at all kinds of indie booksellers. You can ask for it by name and they can order it. I always like to mention that because I'm a big believer in supporting the, the independents. Uh, it's also available at the big ones, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and certainly through me, I, I'm happy to ship them out to you as well. Uh, my website is raddytowrite.com. It's R-A-D-I, my last name, T O. W-R-I-T-E dot com. And uh, if you order from me, I'll sign it for you. Oh, how fun. Put it off to you. But otherwise, it's available through through the major book channels. And All the major. Okay. And we're going to also put um, in the uh, narrative part of the, of the episode, we're going to have your website and also Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram pages, oh, right? You're on all of those, right? So people can help share the news too with their friends and family. Um, I just w- want more and more people to find out about you, Kelly, because I think you're just absolutely authentic, real down to earth. And I love having people like you on my show um, and uh, to just to, to help parents. I, I think parenting is one of the hardest things we can do. And just about the time we think we've got it figured out, we're sending them off to college and we're like, oh no, you know? I know, and then you worry about doing that. <laughs> well, yeah, a whole another set of challenges, right? We're in it so. together. That's one thing that that I know between between what I do and what you do with No Problem Parenting is we're not alone. We can support each other and learn from each other and we will all come out ahead. And help our kids anchor yeah. and sail. Is that how you say I would that? say I always say so they can they can not just survive but thrive. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. And then we can be the confident parents that they crave us to be, right? They they really need that. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kelly. And uh, I look forward to hearing from some of the parents that have read your book and, and learning about the tips and tools and takeaways that they got from it. All right, parents, if you'd like to learn more about Kelly, I've listed all of her contact information in the show notes of this episode. Be sure to go grab your copy of Out to Sea. And if you're interested in learning more about becoming a no-problem parent, you can check us out at noproblemparenting.com.